Hey everybody, welcome aboard New Hope Radio and New Hope Radio Podcast. Thank you for joining me today as we wrap up our series, When You Meet Jesus, You Know, Things Change. And, uh, why is it people have different attitudes toward Jesus Christ? We're going to see that today. And before we get into that, I want to remind you, join the support team of New Hope Radio. Help keep us here on the air. Become a member of the Hope Club. $3 a week. You'll get an email, audio email devotional, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Right on your email. Good way to start the day. Five or six minutes of divine inspiration. We're going to send that to you. And that helps us stay on the air. And every radio program is now a podcast. And you can go to newhopecc.tv. Click on podcast. And there they are. Our podcasts are being uploaded. Our radio shows are being uploaded. So you can listen to New Hope Radio on demand anytime. Thanks for coming along today. Let's take a look at why people's opinions towards Jesus differ. You know, we've been talking the last few messages about how People do change when they meet Jesus. You know, see, not everybody changes, but those that, here it is, they really meet him. And maybe that's what everybody needs to ask themselves. Have you really met Jesus? Because if you've really met him, there will be change. But if you haven't, like, really met him, well, that's not going to be any change in your life. Not at all. You know, there's a difference between being an acquaintance and a friend. Now, the last time that we were together, we noted the man with a thousand problems. You ever feel like that? Got a thousand problems. He had a legion of demons living inside of him. And some of the problems that he had, he had a bad attitude, unspiritual relationships, a strong self-will, He was unrestrained. Nobody could talk any sense to him. Know anybody like that? (laughs) Nobody can talk any sense to them. And then Jesus comes along. And Jesus delivers this man from his problems. And then you know how we find him? Rested, clothed, and in his right mind. That's a good place to be. In his right mind. Let me ask you, are you in your right mind? I hope so. Now you would think, right? that a wonderful work like this by Jesus would bring accolades from the people. They'd be like, oh, right on, Jesus. That was awesome what you did. That was incredible. We never saw anything like that before. Or contraire. You know what happened? The people in the town despised Jesus, even though we did a good thing. And though Jesus came into the lives of two different categories of men, their desires differed toward the Lord. Because you know the story, when demon, when legion said, don't send us out into the far country, send us into those pigs. Jesus sent the demons into the pigs. Pigs ran down the hill into the sea and they all drowned. So after this, the people of the town, they wanted Jesus to leave. They wanted him to leave. Mark, 
chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus, we want you to leave. We don't like want your kind around here anymore. I'm like, what? And the healed man, he was totally different. He wanted to go with Jesus. So one group is like, Jesus, please go. And the other guy, can I go with you? So here we have two classes of people and two responses to Jesus. Let me ask you, to which class do you belong? I hope you belong to the first class. Can I go with you? Rather than the class that said, please leave. And I want to note some things about this reluctant class of people. The ones that said to Jesus, please leave. We don't want your kind around here. Number one, they didn't want any disturbances in their life. You know what they liked? Status quo. They just liked things that they were like they were. They didn't want any changes. See, Jesus had extraordinary powers. And he did an extraordinary work. And because of him, a great calamity happened. The swine ran into the sea. They didn't want any more such calamities. They didn't want anything extraordinary. These were people that just wanted to go along in life. They wanted to get on with their lives and get on with their business. Maybe it wasn't even about Jesus himself. They just didn't want anything rocking the boat of their lives. You know, there are people like that today. They would say, you know, we don't want a revival here. The church is getting too big. It's getting too crowded. The messages don't make me comfortable. And then there are those that say, I'm okay without God. Why do I need God in my life? I'm doing just fine. I'm happy. I've had people say to me that I try to share Christ with them, I'm happy for you, Dave. If it works for you, that's great. But I'm okay. I'm all right. I don't need that. And that's where they're at. They have peace, and they don't want their peace broken up. Their motto is, anything for a quiet life. Right? Their, their theme song is, don't rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat, don't rock the boat, baby. They don't want that. Just let me go. I'm into, like, smooth sailing. Okay? You know what the Israelites said when they were out in the wilderness in Exodus 14? They said, is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt? In other words, Moses, we told you so. We said, leave us alone that we can serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. These people would rather be slaves, a life of slavery, rather than, here it comes, a life of challenge. They'd rather have a life of slavery than a life of challenge. Because the wilderness, that was a pretty challenging experience for them. But they'd rather have slavery. So the people in the land of Gennesaret, the Gerasenes, is where all these events took place, they had an eye for business more than for salvation. And yet what did Jesus say? What shall it profit a man? if he shall gain the whole world, but lose his own soul. He's saying, what good is it if you've got everything you want, but your soul is condemned? What good is that? Because you see, having everything you want 
that's temporal. But the condemnation of the soul, that's eternal. That goes on forever and ever and ever. I like the way Charles Spurgeon described it. Here's what Charles Spurgeon said. He will get a corner in the newspaper. He's talking about a rich man without God. Okay, let me preface it. He's talking about a rich man, but without God. He will get a corner in the newspaper saying that he died worth so many thousands of dollars. And that will not be true. For he was never worth a penny himself. (laughs) Who would give a penny for him now? That he's dead. He will cost money to get rid of him. But he cannot take it with him. He was not worth anything that he used his money for selfish purposes and never used it for the glory of God. He said, Oh, the poverty of an ungodly rich man. Charles Spurgeon had a witty way about him. Who would give a penny for him now that he's dead? It's going to cost money to get rid of him. It's true. So Jesus, you know, he sure knows how to make people uncomfortable. He knows how to do that. We know that he came to seek and save those which are lost. But he also said, do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. What is a sword? A sword is that which separates. And the sword separates those who, here it comes, desire Jesus from those who don't. And you know, it's really sad because it can separate friendships. And it can separate family members. And it can make life at work very difficult because of people's attitudes toward Christ. The second thing about the townspeople, they didn't want Jesus even nearby. They said, depart from the region. I mean, you see this whole region, Jesus, yeah? Go to the other side. Go to the edge. Don't just leave us. Leave everything. Get away from this whole area. See, when men get excited about Christ, they go to great lengths in trying to drive him from their midst. And you know, it goes on to everything that took place in this town, it goes on today. Here we are, okay, 2,000 years later, nothing's changed. People are trying to drive Christ from their midst. And how do they do it? Banning prayer in school teaching evolution as fact, promoting sex education to minors. You can't say, God bless you, all in the name of freedom. Isn't that something? It's freedom, all right. You know what it is? It's freedom from God. Let me tell you something. Freedom from God is not freedom at all. Freedom can only be found in God. No one is free apart from God. No one. They're like the the Israelites in Egypt. They're slaves. 
And some people can be slaves and they don't even realize that they're slaves. Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, you'll be free indeed. He's talking about himself, Son of God. If you really want to be free, it's got to be through me. I like that. I'm a poet and I don't know it. The Son shall make you free. And if the Son will make you free, then you will be free indeed. Then you will really know freedom. That's what Jesus is saying. See, when people meet Jesus, their desires differ. We got the townspeople who are like, Jesus, man, we don't want you around here. Please leave. You're messing everything up. You're rocking the boat. We like the status quo. And then you've got the man who was healed, and he was so different. He wanted to go with Jesus. Question. Why did he want to be with Jesus? Well, maybe there are several reasons. Maybe he wanted to be his attendant. He was so thankful for what Jesus did for him. It was his way of showing gratitude. He loved to do something for the one who cast the legion of demons out of him. Maybe he wanted to become a disciple. As a disciple, he would be able to learn more about Jesus. Maybe he's like, oh, I am so appreciative. I want to learn more and more and more about this man who cast these demons out of me. Maybe he thought like Peter did when Jesus gave his hearers a hard saying. You know, when Jesus said to them, eat my flesh and drink my blood, and many of them followed him no more. And then he turned to the disciples and he asked, will you go away also? And Peter responded, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus Who's got a better deal than you? No one. There's no one. There's no better deal around here than you. No one is worth following like you. You speak to our hearts. You speak about eternity. You speak about the kingdom. You bring us healing. You bring us confidence and assurance. You bring us love. You make us want to live. You make us glad we're alive. No one else does that. Who else can we follow? And we've believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. See, when you recognize that Christ is the Holy One of God, like, where else are you going to go? There's nowhere else to go. There's no one else to follow. And then you discover what real freedom is all about. Maybe another reason this healed man wanted to follow Jesus his old life meant nothing to him anymore. You know, the Bible tells us if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. You have a whole new life. And you know, sometimes when people really do meet Christ, you know what happens? Their old friends vanish and they get new friends. Their living conditions change and they get new living conditions. Their strengths change and their weaknesses change and they they become new individuals 
Their old appetites change and they have new appetites. The old things are no longer of any value to them. You become a new person with a new purpose for living. Oh, that's how you know if you've really met Christ. You become a new person, and here it comes with a new purpose for living. The old purpose is gone, and the new purpose has come. You know what Jesus said? He said, oh, my sheep, the sheep that really belong to me, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The real sheep that belong to Christ follow him. So if people say they're believers, but they don't follow Christ, they don't belong to him. People can say they're believers like all day long, till the cows come home, till the sheep come home. But they don't belong to him. Those that follow him, they follow his voice. What's his voice? It's his word. They follow the word of God. They belong to Christ. That's what he's saying. Maybe this man even feared that, hey, one of those demons might might come back, take up residence inside of him again. He knew, I'm safe with Jesus. Oh man, I'm going to stick with this cat. I'm staying with Jesus. You know why? I'm safe with him. Those demons, they're not going to come around me when I'm with Jesus. See, we're never safe except when we're with Christ. There's no safety outside of Christ. There's no safety apart from Christ. What did Jesus say about the vine and the branches? You take the branch from the vine, and the branch, it withers and it dies because it gets its life from the vine. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And if we separate ourselves from the vine, we wither and we die. So we're never safe except when we're with Christ. If you're tempted to go where you will not have the Lord with you, don't go. Don't go. If it's a place where the presence of Christ is not there or it's not even welcome, don't go. It might have to do with an entertainment. It might have to do with a career. could have to do with anything. There's places I don't go because I know the presence of Christ is not there. I don't go to casinos. Why? presence of Christ is not there. Why would I go there? It's not there. So we all have to, there's certain entertainments it's like I stay away from. You know why? The presence of Christ is not there. I want to be safe. I want to be protected. Remember, Satan is the God of this world. 1 John 4, 4. Whenever you go out from the presence of Christ, you enter into the world and you are in enemy territory. And Satan has a right to you. You're now marching on his turf. And you are trespassing where you do not belong. Think about that. So we've got two categories of people. Not only do people deal differently with Jesus, but Jesus deals differently with people. You know what's interesting? He granted the prayer of the ones who asked him to go away. He got into the boat. 
but he denied the request of the one who wanted to go with him. This man said, oh, Lord, I want to come with you. But you know what Jesus said to him? I get a better idea. Go home and tell your people what I did for you. That's even better. If you come with me, the effect will be limited. But if you go home and tell everybody what I did for you, the effect will be magnified. Because you'll be living proof of a changed life. There's no greater proof of God than a changed life. So Jesus handles people handles people one of two ways. When men's minds are set against Christ, what else is there to do but leave them? And he does. People don't want Jesus around. He just, okay. I mean, he could speak, but they wouldn't listen. He could have an audience of people that don't want him and tell them beautiful things about the kingdom, and they're not going to hear anything. You know what they are? Bad soil. They could be rocky soil, hard soil, thorny soil, but they're not good soil. Not at all. They could hear his message, but they're not going to care about it. They're not going to apply it or live in it. So that's why he leaves. But then there are those that, hey, they want to know what Jesus has to say. They want, they want to hear every word that falls from his lips, just like many of you. That's why many of you listen to Christian radio. And hopefully you'll tune into the New Hope Radio podcast. You want to hear the word of God. Now, sometimes he denies the request of those who walk with him because he has a better plan for each and every one of us. He refuses to let this man accompany him because Jesus knew he'd be of more use at home. He could glorify God by telling people what the Lord had done for him. And you know what? He did it. He obeyed. He went home and he proclaimed Jesus. And by the way, Jesus never took a personal servant with him. If this guy wanted to come and just be an attendant to Jesus, Jesus is like, no, man, I'm not into that. He even said, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That's why he came. He didn't come to be a celebrity. You know, I see so many Christian celebrities today. Uh, you know, I, you look at them and it's like, I don't know. What does God think of that? We get TV, we got preachers on television, a lot of them you love, and they've got millions of dollars in the bank. Millions. And I'm like, does that money do more good sitting in the bank or could it help more people? Does a Christian celebrity, a Christian, I'm going to say it, pastor, does he need a multi-million dollar home if he's filled with the fullness of God. Really? Does he need it? Does he have what what's the what's the 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 purpose of that? When do you need a multi-million dollar bank account when you could probably open up a Christian school? Open up a Christian daycare. Open up a Christian medical center. I mean, really, what good could be done 
with the hundreds of millions of dollars that sit in the bank accounts of Christian leaders. And I get, you know, that's what I think of when I read, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Today we saw two classes of people that met Jesus. One class of people, they asked him to go home, go away from us, leave us alone. We're okay. We were fine till you came around, Jesus. Please leave. And then we've got the other class, made up of one guy. He said, Jesus, can I go with you? Can I come with you? I want to go with you. I want to be where you are. Let me ask you today, which class do you belong to? Do you belong in the class of people that says, Jesus, man, don't rock my boat. I'm okay. I'm all right. Leave me alone. Don't rock my boat. Or do you belong in the class that says, man, I want to be where you are. That's a beautiful song we used to sing. I just want to be where you are. You know, you want to, you, I just want to hear the words that you speak. I want the encouragement that you offer, the love that you give, the inspiration that you provide. I want to be with you because you know why? You make life worth living. That's why. That's why I want to be where you are, Jesus. You know, for those that have that attitude, I'll tell you what, good things are coming. Good things are going to happen for you. For those that don't, I don't know what to say. I really don't. But life can certainly be boring. Boring with the things of the world. Because the things of the world, you know what? They are boring. Boring. They are. The things of God, they're much more exciting. They really are. Because you never know what's going to happen next. And you never know what challenge is going to come. But I'll tell you what. No matter what the challenge, what did Jesus say? I'm always with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's inviting us into his journey. Journey with Jesus. Read the Gospels. Look at how exciting it was for the disciples. It can be exciting for us as well. Hey, thanks for coming along today, New Hope Radio. New Hope Radio podcast. You can get the podcast at newhopecc.tv. And you can join the Hope Club. $3 a week keeps us on the air. NewHopeCC.tv, go to support, click radio, and we'll send you an email, audio file devotional. They're coming out next Monday, next week, boom, first ones are coming out. They're going to be great. So get on board. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time.